We need to learn to receive what we don't deserve. We need to learn to receive what we don't deserve. That does not come natural. Especially when you start, you start school and you start growing up in this world and you start realizing it's, it's a lot of this world is really backwards to Christian principles. And you have to, you know, kind of stay above that or it will pull you back down to its ways. Last week, thank you, Lou. Last week, we talked about staying in faith until a prayer is answered, staying in faith until the miracle occurs, staying in faith until what we prayed for shows up. Because I've noticed this in the 35 years I've been pastoring, 34, I should say, 34 years I've been pastoring, is that a lot of people get excited about the Word of God, about prayer. They get in faith. They pray a great prayer, but two weeks later, they're back to thinking the way they used to think before they prayed that prayer. They're back to believing the way they used to believe before they prayed that prayer. There was not enough endurance. There was not enough staying in faith. And there was not enough time to manifest a, a blessing in their life because they didn't stay in faith. Everybody say, stay in faith. Stay in faith. Can you put up, oh, I, never, I didn't even send him that, that little graphic. I should have sent it to him. I had a little graphic for you to show you, give you a picture of what it means to stay in faith. There's like this kid sitting in this lawn chair. He's got his breakfast robe on and, and behind him there's this huge meteorite coming toward the planet and there's tornadoes over his shoulder on this side and dust flying everywhere. And he's just sitting there reading the Bible, not moved by it, staying in faith. <laughs> that God's his protector, that God's his deliverer. But think about it. You can get in faith, but that doesn't mean you're going to remain in faith. So let's look at a couple of scriptures about that before we start praying tonight. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 39, we'll have them put it up on the screen in the King James Version. And I'll read you another translation here. So we're talking about staying in faith once you get in faith. OK, let's just take it in, in the general sense. As soon as you find it, you can put it on the screen. When a person becomes a Christian, they become a Christian how? By believing in Jesus. How many think it's a good idea to keep believing in Jesus when all kinds of temptations and pressures come your way and you don't feel like believing anymore or you don't feel like you're saved anymore? You want to stay in faith. Can I get a witness? You definitely want to stay in faith that you're saved, right? That Jesus is Lord. Do we not have anybody back there tonight on the overhead? Is there? I can just read it if we've got a problem. If you could put up Hebrews 10, 39. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39. I'll read you out of the Phillips translation. Don't put it up right now then, guys. Let me read this. Surely we are not going to be men who cower back and are lost, but men who maintain their faith until the salvation of their souls is complete. Everybody say, maintain your faith. Now, why would he say maintain your faith if you weren't going to be tempted to give up in your faith? That's right. Do you have that scripture now, guys? Hebrews 10, 39 out of the King James. So this, this King James translation says basically the same thing. It says, we are not of them who draw back unto perdition or destruction, but we are of them that believe to the saving of the soul. So we're in this for the long haul. How long do you think we should believe that Jesus is Lord? 
and forevermore. Right? Now, I've heard very few people in my lifetime have backed away from the Lord that I know of. And it's really a sobering, sobering thought. I don't even like to talk about it. But the Bible does talk about drawing back unto perdition. And I think about a year ago, we taught on perdition prevention. Things you can do to make sure you never get within a thousand miles from drawing back unto perdition. But um, you can draw, anybody can draw back. Just because a person's born again doesn't mean their free will goes out the window. They can still choose to say goodbye to Jesus, I don't want you anymore, and walk on another road. And because the Lord respects, respects free will, he'll let people do that. We highly advise people not to do that. Because <laughs> if you are, you, if you think that's better, you're yielding to demons that are lying to you. God's way is the best way, always has been the best way, always will be the best way, whether you feel like it or not. So I want to say it again. We are, we are men who maintain our faith until our, the salvation of our souls is complete. Hebrews 10, 35 and verse 36. Turn there with me, please. Just go ahead and back up a couple verses and you can put it up in the King James. So he says here, don't cast away your confidence. Why would you say that? Number one, because you can. And number two, you're going to be pressured to do it. Why, why take up Holy Scripture? Why would Paul take up Holy Scripture? Why would the Holy Spirit have him write this if it was, didn't mean anything? You can cast away your confidence. I can cast away my confidence. We can throw away our faith. But this scripture says, don't do it. Why? Because it has great recompense of reward. Next verse. For you have need of faith that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Did I quote that right? What do we have need of? Well, you know you need faith, but did you ever think about it? Your faith only goes as far as your patience. You know, the car is like your faith, you know, your car gets you places. But what if the road's out and there's no bridge? Well, then the car either flies off the cliff and, you know, kaboom, or you stop and don't reach your destination. What do we have need of? Faith, right? We have need of more faith, right? More faith is the answer to everything, right? As important and as powerful and as life-saving as faith is, it's not everything. You have to stay in faith until the power of God can manifest things in your life that you prayed for and are believing for. And this is where this little word called patience comes in. Now, in our thinking, this is not the same definition in the Bible as we think of patience today. Patience to us is like, I'll just wait. I'll just keep waiting, I guess. I can't believe they're there. I'll just keep waiting. There's a, there, there's a degree of it there, but this, this word right here, patience, in the Hebrew, it's uh, pronounced whoop am okay? And it means endurance. So what do we have need of? What do we have need of? If you want to see the promises come to pass, you know, go from the book to your life, you know, go from the book to a better doctor's report, go from the book to a better bank account, go from the book to, to no more depression, to actually you, you feel better. Well, you're going to have to stay in faith long enough for that to happen. And I don't know why sometimes well, it takes a while, but I do know there's some developing on our end that has to take place because God meets us where we're at, not where we pretend to be. 
And if we're really here, quit pretending to be here and just ask God to help you where you're at. And, and just endure and just stick with it. When the devil tells you, your prayer didn't work. But if you had scriptures for it, it did work. Don't abort your prayer by starting to talk like it didn't work. The enemy doesn't care too much about good prayers. What he's really concerned about is you staying in faith, saying God didn't lie. I believe what he said until the manifestation of what you prayed for can show up in your life. So we're ta- we, need to, we need to learn about staying in faith. What do we have need of? Endurance. That after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Another definition in the Greek, where this is translated from in the Bible, for endurance is cheerful steadfastness. What do we have need of? Cheerful steadfastness. This does not come natural. Okay. Not in this fallen world, not in these immortal bodies. Cheerful steadfastness through the days and the trials and the temptations to pull you out of faith, to pull you away from God, to pull you out of believing there's healing belongs to you or whatever. You're going to have to determine, I am not going to give the, I'm not letting the devil use my attitude anymore. Say this, devil, Devil. you can't use my attitude anymore. You and your lying vanities and adverse circumstances, I can be happy anytime I want to be. It doesn't matter what's going on around me. What matters is what's going on in me. Paul one time, you know, he was, if anybody ever went through anything other than Jesus, it was Paul the Apostle. You read a whole list of things he went through. He talks about being in the mouth of the lion, about being betrayed by his friends and countrymen and false brethren and a night and the day in the deep and beat with rods and, and stoned a few times, left for dead more than once, deaths often, all these things. And he said one day, none of these things move me. Yeah. Neither do I count my life dear to myself. He said, none of these things... To be able to say, none of these things move me. Because see, that's what the devil's trying to do. He's trying to move you out of faith, out of confidence, out of out of line with the fact that you believe God's going to take care of you. He's trying to move your mouth. He's trying to move your attitude because faith is what gets results. And as much as God wants to get people saved, they can't get saved until they believe. Now, Carl and I talk about these things a lot. We've been in the ministry 34 years and married longer than that. And, and one thing we've realized is faith is important stuff. Right? It's impossible to please God without faith. We're saved by grace through faith. Right? One thing we've realized is you... you how do I want to put this? Faith... Faith is like... It's the only way to receive from the Lord. If there was a better way, I'm sure the Lord would have made a better way and told us. But we were talking about this. And if God can't get people to heaven without them believing, why would we think we could get healed another way or prosper another way? If God will actually let people go to hell because they don't believe in Jesus, he'll let people die who don't believe in Jesus the healer. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want it at all, but he designed the system this way. Faith is life-saving. 
And this is why the Bible says the trying of your faith. The devil wants to knock your faith out of your life. He doesn't care too much about you. He doesn't care about who you are in the physical, but he wants you separated from your faith because faith is how you receive from God. Faith is how you quench all the devil's fiery darts. Faith is how you get saved. All things are possible to him that believes. So the enemy is after your faith. And you just have to say, you're not going to get my faith. I know everybody in this room has probably missed it in this area, but I have violated faith more than once. You know what I mean by violated faith? Didn't stand in faith long enough, yielded to circumstances, yielded to doubt, yielded to fear, and I got out of faith and I delayed some things and some things I haven't even seen yet because there's still some areas I need to grow in my faith in. But what, what happens what happens if you don't have the endurance to stay in faith long enough until God can manifest your promise? Well, you don't get it. He wants you to have it. And there's times he'll do miraculous things, but even then, if you don't grow in faith, you'll probably lose it when the next attack comes your way. So do this with me. Go to Luke chapter 8. And in the remaining time, I'm going to call Carla up here in just a minute. She has something she wants to share with you before we start praying. Y'all understanding what... Y'all feel like you're hearing what the Lord's saying to you tonight? Staying in faith is very, very important. Luke chapter 8. Now... A lot of people don't even know what faith is, so they don't even know how to stay in it because they don't know what they're, what, what are you talking about, stay in faith, I believe. Well, there's signs if you believe or not. There, there's, there's certain things you can see in your life if you truly believe or just know something. So Luke chapter 8, I think it's verse 13. Jesus is talking about a certain group of people who when they heard God's word, like we're hearing it tonight, it didn't do much good for them because... You'll see right here, it says, they on the rock are they, which when they hear the preaching, we could say, they receive the word with joy. They get excited in the church service. Ooh, that was a good message. They're excited. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but they have no root. What does that mean? That means there's some deep stuff needs to be going on when we're hearing the word. Things need to sink down into our ears. Things need to get into our heart. So th this needs to touch your core. When you hear the word of God, when you read your Bible, when you hear sermons and you see scriptures, it needs to get deep on the inside of you. Why? Because the enemy will pluck it out if it's not rooted. Through all kinds of stuff. Deceitfulness of riches, lust of other things, cares of this life. Choke the word. And this scripture says they, they heard the word, they, they, they received it with joy, they had, but they had no root. Which... For a while, believe. And in time of temptation, fall away. Everybody say, for a while. For a while. Believe. believe. Say, that's not me. Are you going to be tested? That word temptation means tested, tried, and tempted. Are you going to be tempted? To not believe something you heard from the Bible. Are you going to be tempted to not believe anymore something you used to believe? You know, the Bible says, listen closely, I'm going to quote scripture for time's sake. In 1 Timothy 4.1, the Bible says the Spirit of God speaks expressly that in the latter times, which are the times we're living in, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons 
And it goes on with some other things that would be a, a signs of the end times, which we're living in those times right now. And this scripture tells us you can believe for a while, but you can also stop believing when things get tough. Well, we need to have roots. We need to spend enough time in the word to where roots are developing. Then when a storm comes, we may bend, but we don't break. It says the righteous will be like the cedars of Lebanon, our palm trees. Palm trees can go like this in a hurricane, boop, come right back up. We got to make sure that when we're, that Christianity cannot be a Sunday only or once a week or a religious thing. It has to be your life. If you really want the things of God to work powerfully for you and live the kind of life that the Lord wants you to live, it's going to have to be core stuff. It's going to have to be, you have to be rooted in these things. And this, these scriptures talk about staying in faith. Say, I'm going to stay in faith. So one more thing I want to say before I call Carla up here. And if you just turn to Proverbs 18, verse 21, one more thing I want to just say before I switch gears here is that one of the greatest aspects of faith and one of the greatest ways to stay in faith is to maintain a good Bible confession for whatever you're needing in your life or whatever you're believing. It's, it's so important to say what you believe. And we're not talking about forcing stuff on people. We're not talking about being obnoxious. But we are talking about not being ashamed either. We need to say, if you, if you want to see your faith do good for you, you're going to have to release it. You're going to have to put some action to it because faith without action is dead. That's why when we have altar calls on Sunday morning, we encourage people to raise their hand if they're going to pray the prayer of salvation because that's an act of faith. And now their faith's not dead. It's not just something quiet on the inside that's not doing them any good. But you have to release it. Did you know that fear is a spiritual force that can attract bad things into your life if you stay in fear long enough? Did you know Job said, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me? Proverbs said, the fear of the wicked will come upon them. It's like the supernatural spiritual force that the devil knows is powerful. So he's trying to get people in fear while God's trying to get people in faith because they both want to do things in your life. Job said, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me and that which I was afraid of has happened unto me. Very serious stuff. You got to watch out about fear and staying in fear. And I, I, I realize this though. If you have fear, like if you're feeling fear on the inside of you, just don't release it. What do I mean? Don't act on it. Don't talk it. The same way you get results in faith is the same way you get results in fear. You believe it in your heart, you say it with your mouth, and you start acting in accordance to what you're believing or fearing. Yeah. That gives those things a right to manifest in your life. And that's why we need to say, no more fear, yes to faith in God. So real quick, Proverbs 18, 21, it says that death and life are in the sovereign will of God. You never know. He might want to take you out early. Who knows? No. No, it didn't say it. It said death and life are where? Is it all up to God? 
Death and life are in the power of their tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Speaking words, especially when they're connected with faith or fear, is a very powerful, powerful force that God's given to every human being on this planet. Animals don't have it. We have this ability to believe and say things. Therefore, we have the ability to change things. We're children of God. We have some of him in us. And this scripture right here talks about, and if we had time, we'd do a greater study. But if, if you believe a thing in your heart and you say it with your mouth, Jesus said, eventually you'll have what you say. And so this is one of the ways you can stay in faith. Keep speaking the promises. Thank the Lord daily for those things you've already prayed for. Thank the Lord for scriptures you know are true. Thank the Lord for those healing scriptures. Quote them right out out of your mouth. Why? Because you're staying in faith when you do it. If you want to go a notch up in your faith, praise God for the promises while you're repeating them. Praise him for the promises and that your prayers are being answered. That's high faith. And if you want to stay in faith, you've got to watch out about your mouth destroying your good prayer with death words when you should be speaking life words. Now, that's all we've got time for. Carla, come on forward. I want you to share a little bit tonight. I don't know where the microphone is. We're going to pray tonight a little bit. And she's going to share one of the first things we're going to pray about. Take your time on. It's not even 8 o'clock yet. Okay. <laughs> it's one minute till. All righty. I'm going to go sit All right, down. I want everybody to turn to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to, actually, we're going to really change some people's lives tonight. You know, prayer changes things. And so in Matthew chapter 5, we're going to read this out of the New King James Version first. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 And I think that, yep, they got it up there. Great. It says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. And so tonight, there's a group of people that we're going to pray for. And we're going to pray for people who don't like us. Do you know there's actually some people who don't like us? Yeah, just, just in the last couple of days, we've got some personal emails, people saying some ugly things about us, people saying things about, you know, our church. And um, so we're going to pray. I'm not mad at these people, but I'm telling you what, these people are going to have a, um, a touch. They're going to have a visitation. They're going to, they're, God's going to. God's going to move. God's going to touch them. Let's go ahead and read it before we pray. Let's read it out of the Passion Translation. Um, Verse 44, it says, However, I say to you, love your enemies, bless the one who curses you, do something wonderful for the one who hates you, and respond to the very ones who persecute you by what? Getting on Facebook and talking bad about them? No, we're supposed to pray for them. And now let's look at it out of the message translation. Um, It says, you're familiar with the old written law, love your friend and its unwritten companion, hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the subtle moves of prayer. And then you are working out your true selves, your God created selves. And so this is who we are, church. We love people. 
and we've had some persecution. You know, we've had some articles written about us and stuff in the last few days. And it's all about us having Lauren Boebert here. And that, you know, that's kind of stirred some things up. Um, and we just need to pray for those people. And I just want to make it clear, there's no threats against the church. Nobody's threatening to come and do anything or anything like that. This is going to be a safe place, okay? They're just not liking the fact that a church is having somebody like her come and speak. Um, and just be assured, we, we do know our legalities in this area, and we're doing everything 100% legal. This is not a political rally. She may be a politician, but this is not a political rally. She's going to come and share with us some things that God has done in her life. Just like if we had a doctor come and share, that doesn't mean it's a medical meeting, it would be a doctor sharing what God has done in his life. So anyway, but you know, there's some people who just don't understand. And so we're going to pray for them and we're going to believe God to touch them. Their lives are going to be changed. They may think they're persecuting us and they want us to respond, which we haven't and we won't. But this is how we respond. We're going to do something really good to them. We're going to pray the blessings of God on them. So let's do that, okay? Father God, in Jesus' name, you know who these people are. I'm not going to name them by name. I don't even know all of them. But Father God, we just lift them up to you in the name of Jesus. And Father God, we pray blessings on their life. Father, we pray that the Holy Spirit of God would touch them, touch their hearts, touch their families, bless them in any way you can. If any of them are going through hurtful family situations, we pray that the Spirit of God would touch and would intervene and would bless their families. If any of these who are persecuting us are facing any kind of sickness or disease, Father God, give them healing. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know. They're deceived. They're deceived, Father God, and we just pray that you would bless their life in every area in the name of Jesus. Father God, we pray they would be protected because when they come against a move of God, when they come against a church of God, when they come against people of God, they're actually getting themselves on the enemy's territory. And so, Father, we pray that they would be protected in Jesus' name. And as they're out there doing things they shouldn't be doing, we bind the devil from hurting them in Jesus' name. We pray over them. We pray protection over them and their families in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray that their eyes would be opened. Father, that, that they would see truth, that something like a, um, a light bulb would go on and they would be like, oh, maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe I'm wrong about that church. Maybe I'm wrong about the people in that church. Maybe I'm wrong about Lauren. Maybe I'm wrong. And that their eyes would be opened and that they would be open to see Jesus for who he is and what he can do in their life. Thank you for it, Father. There's one more scripture I want to read real quick, and I did not give this to them in back, so I'm not sure they'll get it up there. But it's Job 33:14, And this is a scripture that I like to pray over people. We're going to pray it. It says, for God speaks once, yea, twice, yet man perceives it not. How many of you know God is trying to deal with people that are deceived? He wants them to know the truth. It says, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men in slumbering upon his bed, then he opens his, the ears of men and seals their instruction that he may withdraw man from his purpose and hide pride from man. So let me just break that down for you. 
we're going to believe God that as these people who have been persecuting us, as they lay their head on the pillow tonight to go to sleep, in those hours that they're falling asleep, you know how when we're all falling asleep, our head's on the pillow and you start thinking about things you're going to do? Well, there's some people that might be thinking about things they're going to do. Oh, I'm going to send another nasty letter to Pastor John and Carla and the church. Or I'm going to, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. Well, we're going to pray that when they're laying on bed, doing, thinking, contemplating, that God is going to withdraw them from that purpose. Amen. So, Father, we pray it right now in Jesus' name for every one of our persecutors as they lay their head on the pillow tonight and as they're just pondering and thinking about what they're going to do and those letters they're going to write and those things they're going to put on Facebook. Father, we pray that the Spirit of God would invade their thoughts, would invade their heart, and would withdraw them from those purposes, those evil purposes, those deceived purposes that they're thinking about doing. And that the Spirit of God would just tap them and just deal with them. Are you sure you want to do that? What if they're right? What if you should go to that church? You know, just draw them, that the Spirit of God would just draw them to Jesus. In Jesus' name. Father, we are expecting their lives to be changed. We are expecting a whole, the Holy Ghost. They may have nobody praying for them. Well, Faith Heights Church is praying for them. We're praying for them in a powerful way. We are believing for the Spirit of God to change their lives. And that one of these days, we will see every one of them. And there's only been a handful. I don't want to make it sound like there's tons of them. But that we will see them in heaven someday. And they will come up to us and they will say, Thank you, Faith Heights Church, for praying for me. You could have been angry. You could have been mad. You could have said bad things, but you prayed for me. And because of those prayers, the Holy Spirit was able to draw me to Jesus. Oh, thank you for it, Father. Bless them, bless them, bless them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all didn't clap for me. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. She's way better looking than me. Um, so let, let's, let's just expect. Praying without expecting what we pray for to come to pass is just jaw exercise. We need to expect what the Lord said. Right? We're believing for good things to happen. We're believing for people to be ministered to by the Lord. And so let's pray for ourselves now too. Father, we're asking that you would help us as a church to rise up and see things that we need to see. Open our eyes, Lord. Show us things that we need to make adjustments in. Lord, we know there's higher ground for all of us. And we're asking that everybody that's a part of Faith Heights Church, that you would open our eyes, show us things we need to see, help us to come up, Help us to grow in love. Help us to be higher in our faith. Lord, we're asking that you would just help us to develop spiritually according to your plan and your purpose, that we would not fall behind, that we would not get ahead, that we'd be exactly where you want us to be, Lord. And we thank you for answering our prayers. We expect great and wonderful things in these upcoming meetings, Lord. 
We thank you that by the Holy Spirit, we'll see things, we'll know things supernaturally, we'll come up, we'll be more successful, we'll increase in every good thing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. We also know this, church, right? That prayer without thanksgiving is unfinished prayer. So let's thank the Lord. Let's worship God if you want to. I, I would encourage you to lift up your hands, say, Lord, thank you for hearing and answering these prayers. Lives are being touched. Lives are being helped. Lives are being blessed. Lives are being strengthened. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. It's happening in Jesus' name. So if you would, please, I want to show you two more scriptures and then we'll pray for another 10 minutes or so. I would like you to show Ephesians 6, 18. And I'd also like you to get ready to put 1 Corinthians 14, 2. Just, just two scriptures here. We'll start praying some more for about 10 minutes. So let's look at Ephesians 6, verse 18. Paul's talking to the church about how to pray. Ephesians 6, 18. If you don't have it, you can look up on the screen. Paul said to us as believers, we should be praying always. That means on every occasion. Can I, can I just, before we read the rest of this verse, can I just say this? I think here's a good a thought-provoking question. What's it going to take? What's it going to take for us to turn off the TV and start praying like we need to pray? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what level of bad has to reach before we like realize, ah, click that off, we need to pray. Yeah, right. But here it's, he's talking about praying always. See, this is not vacation time. This is work time. The night comes very soon when no man can work. This is, this is actual work time. Not, not that we don't enjoy life, but... There's, there's some things we need to do for, king, for the kingdom of God and for Jesus in, in this earth walk. He says, believers should be praying always with all prayer. That means there's different kinds of prayer. And supplication. Now how? How? In the spirit. See, we're going beyond mental praying here. He's talking about praying from deep within inside of you. About things your brain doesn't even know about. Find details of situations your brain doesn't know about. He's talking about praying with the help of the Holy Spirit. In the Spirit, oh, okay, there we go. In the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all, all saints or all believers. Now, go to 1 Corinthians 14, 2. Remember that phrase, praying in the Spirit. You see that there? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? 1 Corinthians 14, 2. He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God, for no man understands this person speaking in tongues, however, in the Spirit. Did you guys just see that? that that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Praying in the Spirit is praying in other tongues. Yeah. Praying in the Spirit is praying in other tongues. Speaking in tongues, the ability to speak in tongues comes to every believer upon them receiving the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Now, you don't have to be filled with the Spirit to go to heaven, but you need to be born of the Spirit to go to heaven. But after you're born of the Spirit, you can and should be filled with the Spirit. Two different experiences. And this scripture says, when you're filled with the Spirit, you are able to pray in the Spirit at will, anytime you want. And the Spirit of God will help you. You can pray from your head, things you know about, and you can pray from your spirit, things only God knows about. I mean, there's sometimes, there's things need to be prayed out 
that we can't get specific enough just with our brains, just with knowledge, just with what we know. And that's where praying in the Spirit comes in. I wanted to share those two scriptures. You can leave that one on the screen as we're going to finish praying tonight. Let's take about 10 minutes and we're going to pray. We're just going to thank God for a few minutes. Some things will come to us and I'll begin to pray some things out with the understanding. When I do that, keep praying with all fervency, just at a little lower volume. When I go back to praying in tongues, you can just go ahead and pray as loud as you want. I don't care. God's not nervous. Amen. There's times you need to pray from your heart if you want to see mighty answers. So don't worry about what you sound like. So let's go ahead and worship the Lord. I like to walk and pray. You may want to walk and pray.